0: From the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN.
1: Here we go on a midweek edition of the Sports Huddle, a sun-splashed Wednesday afternoon in the capital city. Hello there. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you are continuing your 1061 ESPN listening pleasure. Following Matt Josephson border to border at 3 o'clock. And now you got me, Bob Black, with the sports huddle. Take you up until 6 o'clock. Alan's producing again this afternoon. Be a part of our show, 804-327-0888. That'll get you on the air. It's also our text line if you'd like to go that route, 327 327- zero eight 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 what happened to the virginia cavaliers last night uh chris called in yesterday and he was very confident in virginia thumping memphis and i thought virginia would beat memphis i'll admit that i didn't think they'd thump them and both of us were about 180 degrees off point weren't we memphis 77 uva 54 Yesterday, You just don't see that very often to a Tony Bennett coach team, particularly a Virginia team. But I think a lot of folks are still very high on to be very good in the ACC to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. But they've had kind of a weird non-conference experience, probably the best way to put it through the first portion of the season. And, of course, they've already played one ACC game, and they took care of business in that one, knocking off Syracuse handily in Charlottesville, Uh, won that game by 22 points. And this is kind of what I mean of the up-and-down roller coaster that has been the basically pre-conference games. I know the Syracuse game is in there. But they had a solid win over Texas A&M. That was at home also 59-47 in that one Uh, they had a close victory over west virginia in that fort myers tip-off that turned out to be a consolation game because we'll get to the ones that are a little head scratching here in just a moment they had really good win over florida boy i watched the florida game last night against michigan that was way better than the virginia game against memphis Uh, that game went double overtime both teams get in the hundreds and florida winds up beating michigan last night that game was worth watching as opposed to UVA and Memphis. But, again, to my point, that's a solid win. Beat Florida 73-70 early in the season. But then there's the head-scratching games. The Wisconsin game down there in Fort Myers that they lose by you know 24, only score 41. And I know Virginia's offense can struggle to score from time to time, but it's been getting better. Uh, then the Memphis game last night. Now, look, that's the first true road game of the year for UVA, and had they just kind of lost it, that would have been one thing. But to never really compete, and it was, what, about six at halftime? And then just get blown out of the gym in the second half. Uh, Tough place to play, great home court environment. Penny Hardaway's got them going there. They're nationally ranked at Memphis, but still, that's a 23-point loss. And the other one that you kind of couple that with was the Northeastern game that they needed to win by just two at home. Before they went down to Memphis, and I had pondered the question yesterday, maybe they were looking past Northeastern to get to Memphis and then to get to the holidays. Well, that certainly wasn't the case uh, because they weren't zeroed in on Memphis last night, losing by 23. And now they go home for the holidays for Christmas with a bad taste in their mouth. They'll be back uh, fairly quickly because they play, what, two days after Christmas against Morgan State. They'll get that one and they need it, and then they'll get into ACC play and they get kind of a soft landing into ACC action. They got a game right before New Year's. They got to go out to South Bend to play Notre Dame, but they should handle the fighting Irish. And then they get the mess of a program that is Louisville right now at home, and they should get that one. So they got a chance here to string together maybe three straight wins before it gets a little more dicey with road games at NC State and Wake Forest. And then they come back home for the first of the two rivalries, the Commonwealth clash against Virginia Tech. So it's a little befuddling right now. I don't think it's time for any panic for Virginia. I would never panic. I'm a huge Tony Bennett guy, as you can kind of tell. I would never panic with Tony Bennett at the helm. I think he knows what he's doing. He's been around long enough. Uh, and he'll right the ship here for however much it needs writing. I mean, this team is still 9-2. and two on the season. It's just the two losses have been so bad and then there are a couple of other games in there particularly recently that you worry just a little bit about, primarily that northeastern game. But still, 9 and 2 is 9 and 2 and it's pretty good, but you would have liked a little bit better of a result last night even if it wasn't a win, just not a what, 23 point loss. And really the befuddling part was the 18 turnovers by UVA. They're not going to shoot great every night, and they certainly didn't last night, 39% from the floor and only 21% from three-point range. They were four of 19 from beyond the arc. But the 21 turnovers kind of bothers you a little bit. Uh, Reese Beekman had five of them. Isaac McNeely had four of them. And the other problem with McNeely, they've really got to get him going I mean, he's turning the ball over, and he's not shooting well. He went one for eight from the floor and zero oh for five from three. And when he's good, we've seen it. He is—he is a rock-solid player. So they got to kind of get him going as well. But the 18 turnovers uh, really kind of stood out like a sore thumb there, and Memphis took advantage of them. It wasn't just 18 turnovers, and so be it. It was a 27 to eight margin in points off of turnovers, and Virginia never led in that game last night, and Memphis wound up winning by 23 and led by as many as 25. In that one, so they got to put that behind them. They'll get to go home now, um, enjoy some time as best they can with family. Got to compartmentalize a little bit here and just put basketball on the back burner for a few days. Enjoy the holiday, enjoy being around family and friends, and back in your hometown. And then come back and got to come back with a vengeance. If if you're the Virginia Cavaliers, I, I really kind of liked uh, read Jeff White's story on virginiasports.com and just kind of the perspective to which he put it last night which it was and Tony Bennett basically said it not a good way to go into the break and not a good way to experience your first road game of the season in front of what more than 13,000 people in that in that arena last night so they'll they'll come back from it But not a really good effort, giving up a lot, right? 77, that's the most they've given up in a game this year. And, of course, defense is their hallmark, that pack line defense. But uh, that didn't do much. I think they even tried a few few possessions of zone defense, just tried all sorts of different things. And, you know, they had a guy score 26 on them last night. That was David Jones, the Memphis forward, uh, on his third school. Uh, they've done a good job in the transfer portal, right? David Jones had 26 last night to Paul, St. John's, and Memphis. Javon Quinterly, Villanova, Alabama, and now Memphis uh, dished the ball well, had five or six assists in that game. Anyway, um, put that one to bed a little bit, and Virginia uh, falls by the wayside last night to memphis uh good night again tonight for college basketball i'm kind of starting on that theme uh, tonight because i was really kind of interested to watch some of the virginia game last night i had some uh, dinner plans out last night and knew i'd probably catch the second half saw it was a six-point game at halftime and then sat down to watch some of that second half and uh uh-oh certainly didn't uh didn't see what i thought i was gonna see in that one and then uh, did catch the end of the Florida Michigan game and the two overtimes last night that was pretty good stuff James Madison as we all figured had no problem with Coppin State remains unbeaten at this point in the season and um one of what I think four remaining unbeaten teams in uh division one college basketball uh finish up with college hoops here for for a little bit um on the on the docket tonight uh excited to watch Baylor and Duke that's a top 25 matchup that game at madison square garden tonight where duke normally has its way it's almost like a pseudo home court for them they try to play at least a game a year there and they got a lot of alum up in the new york city area and a lot of holiday goers up in the area normally that's uh got the feel of a duke home game there will really be challenged tonight baylor's really good at um nine and one duke's a little bit of a favorite some of that probably has to do with playing that game madison square Garden, there are a couple of other uh interesting games and a couple games underway that i wanted to get get to uh as well before we we finish up this segment on on college basketball i just wanted to check uh uconn's got seton hall tonight in the big east and that game is in newark at the prudential center uconn has looked great in defending its title see if we could get a repeat champion in college basketball this year. Uh, you've got uh, North Carolina and Oklahoma. That's the second night of that Jumpman Invitational where the first night their women's teams played, North Carolina and Oklahoma, last night. That was where Florida and Michigan played yesterday as well. So you got North Carolina and Oklahoma tonight. That's a rock-solid game. That's a 9 o'clock game. If you're a really big college basketball fan, that's a pretty good doubleheader on your TV screen tonight, right? Baylor and Duke at 7 o'clock on ESPN from Madison Square Garden. And then just leave it right there, and you get number 11 North Carolina, number 7 Oklahoma from Charlotte in the 9 o'clock game. And look, if you're a Big East fan, you got that UConn-Seton Hall game, on CBS Sports Network, followed by Villanova and Creighton. Uh, and the Blue Jays are relatively prohibitive favorites uh, against a somewhat spinning their wheels Villanova team. Creighton's about a nine and a half point favorite in that game. And then for uh, the late night folks, you got Alabama and Arizona at 11 o'clock uh, tonight out there in Phoenix. Not at Arizona's home, but in Phoenix. And Arizona's off to an 8 and 1 start as the number four team in the nation. So some pretty decent college basketball coming your way tonight as we get through the exam break. And now they'll play through the weekend, and then we'll get into the Christmas break. And then for many of our teams, it'll be just about conference time, and we'll talk some more about that. All right, get you started on a Wednesday afternoon. Again, 804-327-0888 to get you on the air. Also, our text line as well and let's tell you what we got coming up give you our verbal table of contents for a wednesday afternoon on the sports huddle
0: here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle this is a huge fan of sports this is the river city, rundown. river city rundown rundown
1: river city rundown brought to you by our friends at the henrico sports and entertainment authority and the new henrico sports and events center for a calendar of future events or if you're interested in booking an event in 2024 which is quickly approaching visit henrico sea.com the new year is approaching so quickly that this is it for me the last show of 2023 today so midweek edition of the sports auto is true via the calendar but that's about it we've got spider basketball tomorrow night so i'll be at the robin center and prepping for that richmond hosting buffalo talk a little bit about that game here in the next hour and 45 minutes or so Six thirty 30 air time seven o'clock game time tomorrow night and then getting into the holiday break no show on friday afternoon i know matt is going to finish up strong he'll take you home through tomorrow and friday As well. Um, So, coming up on the show today, we're going to get into a lot more college football talk. So, yesterday afternoon, when we had Jonathan McNamara on, one of the things that he mentioned to us as we talked about the coaching transition at James Madison. And they have brought in several coaches from near and far to help them coach and prep for this Armed Forces Bowl next Saturday against Air Force. They brought in some guys who are familiar with the um, triple option offense that um, Air Force will run. And they've added some other guys to help them prepare. And one of the guys that he said they added was Drew Painter who just finished up his career as a JMU Duke last year, really solid tight end for James Madison, and he jumped right into the broadcast booth. And he was Dave Rickard's partner on all of James Madison's games this season on their radio network. Well, they brought him out of the booth, and he's been on the practice field helping out with JMU. And when Jonathan mentioned that yesterday, I'm like, well, I think that's a pretty cool story. As a radio guy, I think that's a really neat story. That's probably a bucket list for me, and that is bring me out of the booth or away from the broadcast table courtside, and I'll do some coaching for you, Coach. Um, never played, so that's a little different there. So we're going to talk with Drew. He's going to join us here at 4.30 uh, live from Fort Worth, Texas, as a matter of fact, where it's obviously only 3.30. They've already practiced today. They had their first practice in downtown. There at Fort Worth, so we'll be able to talk to him and his experience really threefold of going from player to broadcaster and now to I guess pseudo coach. Not sure exactly what he's doing to help, maybe he's just working with the tight ends. That's the position he played. I uh, really don't know much about what he's been doing, but we'll find out and we'll just get a preview of the game from him. He's been on with us before. I know Matt has had him on this season, and we probably had him on as a player when he was at JMU. So looking forward to that. About 15 minutes, uh, Drew Painter of JMU Football live from Fort Worth, Texas, where the Dukes are getting set to play Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl uh, Saturday at 3.30, a game you will hear here on 106.1 ESPN. The other thing about today is that it is National Signing Day for college football. Now, it doesn't have quite the hoopla... Uh, quite the pomp and circumstance that it used to have back in the day when it was the single signing period in February and schools literally threw parties. They had signing parties to announce their new class of incoming freshmen. Not quite to that extent, although I was flipping through the TV guide and a lot of schools and conferences still stream like a live signing event with their head coach and highlights of their incoming players and that sort of thing. So it's not what it used to be but it's still a pretty significant day and i think it's really significant at the fcs level because i think at least the fcs teams that we focus in on here in the state uh, are still top heavy and for good reason on high school guys rather than the transfer portal so it is an important day for them you look across the country and you see the headline that georgia uh, got a guy who had originally committed to florida state uh, i think a safety um... There was an Ohio State guy who transferred to Oregon instead. So there's still a lot of that going on uh, at the upper level of college football. In any event, my point here is that it is signing day. We are the home of the Richmond Spiders. So coming up a little bit after 5 o'clock this afternoon, get the second hour started, head coach Russ Huseman is going to join us. Spiders signed 16 today. We'll get him to break that down for us, talk a little bit about how it goes in this day and age of signing the high school guys, what's the... balance of transfers that you're going to bring in and will there be more signings coming in February when you have the second open signing period as well so coach Russ Huseman from Richmond football joins us a little bit after five to talk about college signing day uh today around college football all right 418 on the sports title other than that we're wide open 804-327-0888 if you'd like to be part of the show we'd love for you to interact with us get our first break in we'll be back on the other side 1061 ESPN
0: Your home for the Dallas Cowboys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go.
2: Just see those sleigh bells jingling, ring, tingle, tingling, too. Come on. It's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. All right,
1: welcome back. Uh, Bob Black back with you, Sports Huddle, Wednesday afternoon. Let's get right to the phones, and then we'll get to the bottom of the hour and our first guest coming up at 4.30 here on the Sports Huddle. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you, and happy holidays.
3: Hey, happy holidays to you, Bob. I can hear the other ESPN show in the background, Bob.
1: Um, you are mentioning that to Alan, and Alan will push a button or two and take care of that for you, Bruce. We, we're,
3: we're good, Bob. Hey, Bob, uh, I want to wish Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Hanukkah and Happy Kwanzaa to everyone. And I have a nickname for Alan, if you won't mind me giving Alan this nickname.
1: Well, you did great props on Lewis with Sweet Lou, so you're on a roll, so keep it going, Bruce. So,
3: Alan, Bob, there's a terminology with the young folks, and they say dip. And because Alan is showing up to all of these bowl events, I'm going to call Alan the dip master. So that's what they, when you, and Alan probably knows this vernacular, but when you show up to a lot of stuff, they say you dip. You So dip. Alan, you're the dip master, baby boy. Dip master Alan. That's Alan, my have meaning. you heard it's that?
1: Help me out here, Alan. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit of a nerd here. I'm a little bit of a geek. I'd never heard that before, Alan. Help me out here. Yeah, I've I've heard of it. You okay with it? Yeah, I mean, I'm. Bruce
2: is giving me a nickname. I'm honored.
1: <laughs> as long as it's a good nickname, I'm okay with it.
2: It's better than anything yes, my parents call me.
1: <laughs> All right, Bruce. Well done, Dip Alan, or just the Dip. dip. Is that what we're calling him? Yes, just
4: dip. He just I don't know. That's going to take is.
1: some getting used to I'm going to leave that one to you, Bruce. I don't think okay. I'm going that route.
3: And, and Bob, I know you are probably thinking, based on my text late last evening, that Bruce is calling to talk about John ja Morant. I would love to spend time talking about the game that he played. And, and these young guys, they just I, – I, I anticipated him having a big game last night. It, that was the nature of my text. But the one thing I wanted to talk with you about is the 29-year run of real sports with Bryant Gumbel and the ending of that show. And I wanted to get – I didn't know if you were a fan or, or or what's your take on Bryant Gumbel and real sports.
1: I had not seen it a lot um, from time to time. I saw it, but not in a lot of years now so you're kind of telling me something that i didn't actually know i liked brian gumble when he was back in his heyday when he was you know doing a lot of different things i loved his his versatility to be able to be comfortable doing news and sports at the same time but no i really had not peeked in on that show in a long long time actually
3: yeah, the last evening was a ninety-minute special. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it because I was watching the game, of course. But it was a ninety-minute special, and his take on it is that this sixty minutes um, sports type of media can just not—it just cannot survive uh, where you go dig deep on these type of topics that he's dig dig deep in, and his correspondent. Uh, They've done a fantastic job, Bob. I'm a huge fan of real sports, and I think they've done a fine job over the last 29 years.
1: I'm a little surprised by that, actually, Bruce. And maybe it can't survive on the traditional viewing platforms, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, over-the-air television, but I would think there's a home for long-form programming like that on all of these streaming services, whether that's ESPN Plus or Paramount Plus or Peacock or any of them, I would think there would be a home for that type of long-form sports programming. I'm, I'm surprised, to be honest with you. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I And because of the topics, they open up so much stuff that you have to ponder upon, you know, one of those, one of those episodes being revealed. They've tried to bring four episodes per show, and they dig deep into some of these areas. And so, yeah, I, w- I was sort of uh, sad to see the farewell, but uh, I, I get—I tip my hat to Brian Gumbel. And I know he's getting up in age. He still looks, you know, fairly young, but
1: he's getting up in age. Yeah, he is. Aren't we all? aren't we all Bruce enjoy the holiday season to you and your family thank you for your loyal support for another year and look forward to doing it again my friend in
3: 2024 you guys enjoy thank you
1: all right Bruce thanks wish I had a little bit more time with him we got to get to the break got our first guest coming up but I do want to talk a little bit about Jai Morant and the performance he put on in his first game back hit the game-winning shot scores 34 points in 35 minutes and, you know, kind of a lowly Memphis team all of a sudden has new life and knocked off New Orleans 115, 113 on the road as well. So if you don't think he makes a difference, take a look at the highlights of last night's game. All right, when we come back, Drew Painter from James Madison's gonna join us, former player, broadcaster, and now pseudo coach with the Dukes, helping them prepare for their bowl game against Air Force this Saturday. A fascinating story. Drew's gonna join us live from Fort Worth, Texas, where the JMU Dukes are prepping for the Armed Forces Bowl. He'll join us next on the Sports Hotel.
0: The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon. As well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Michael Fabiano here in a...
3: Chestnuts roasting on an open fire.
1: The college football bowl season, Spirit, as we've Jack been doing a lot of college football bowl talk and previews specifically of the four Commonwealth of Virginia teams. That made it to a bowl game. We did a lot, obviously, an Old Dominion and a recap. Um, you know their loss to Western Kentucky on Monday in the famous Toastery Bowl. We've been talking some Virginia Tech. They get Tulane in the Military Bowl uh, up there in Annapolis a week from Wednesday, a week from today, and then January one, Liberty and Oregon in the fiesta bowl and then next up for our state teams is james madison which will tangle with air force in the armed forces bowl down there in fort worth texas coming up this saturday at 3 30 a game you'll hear here on 1061 espn and one of the things that we would have done naturally in previewing this game is talk not only to the play-by-play voice of the jmu dukes dave rigert but also his analyst in the booth who's been there all year with him after finishing up his playing career last year, and that's Drew Painter. And then when I heard yesterday that Drew has actually moved into a different role to help JMU during this coaching transition and make sure they have enough people on the field to help them practice and prep for the Air Force game, I was like, well, this would be an interesting way to preview this bowl game. So we're going to do that right now. Live from Fort Worth, Texas, he's been on our airways before as a player during his time at James Madison and as the analyst earlier this year and today at an entirely – different role. Drew Painter joins us from the JMU Dukes. Drew, how you doing? Thanks for joining us.
4: Hey, good, doing good, doing good. Appreciate you having me.
1: So let's start out with what you are exactly doing for JMU as they prep for the bowl game.
4: I'm just, you know, out there helping out the tight ends with uh kind of with whatever uh, we need, just helping them with schemes and whatnot, and then helping them through drills, you know, running a little bit of individual drills and all that and also helping strength and condition like i've been doing all year so uh you know kind of just bumping around uh, helping wherever I, i'm needed
1: how did all that come about in this instance obviously beyond the obvious of the coaching change and just needing bodies i mean how was that kind of presented to you and what did you think
4: well i mean like it just got to a point where we didn't have many people around the building and uh you know being a, a ga with strength and conditioning i've been around all year i know all the guys uh being Also, I've played with a bunch of them and uh, playing tight end. I know, know the offense, know what we're trying to accomplish. So when it came that you know somebody needed to step up and help out, Coach Rowe was like, hey, like, I'm going to need your, need your hand to, out of practice and whatnot. So it kind of just was pretty natural and then just flew, flowed right into it and hopped in and just helping out with the tight ends now.
1: Has it all been a little bit different? As you mentioned, you know, you played with a lot of these guys for the past couple of years and now kind of wearing that coaching hat. I know you've been doing it with strength and conditioning, but now doing it more with the X's and O's.
4: Yeah, it's definitely a little different. And, I mean, but it, uh, the guys made a pretty easy transition, and, uh, you know, they respect me. They they know that I, uh, I've i done it before. I've been in their shoes. So, And also that kind of helps me in coaching them. I'm not going to go out there and ask them something that, you know i wasn't able to do or something that i've i've been told before that just didn't work so it kind of is a give and take thing but uh we got a good older group zach's played a lot of football so he also helps me out and uh, teach me some of the things maybe i haven't uh, picked up on throughout the season so far
1: drew was today the the first practice for you guys down there
4: yeah well yesterday we had a little walkthrough but today was our first pads on and we got through it and uh pretty good practice energy was high and uh you know everyone's pretty locked in ready to win this game
1: what is that feeling like for these guys, everything that you all have been through this year? You know, the whole, for lack of a better word, drama over the litigation of a bowl game and then the realization you were going to get a bowl game and actually being there participating in James Madison's first ever FBS bowl game.
4: Yeah, obviously it was just a lot of, uh, you know, outside noise and distractions, but we kind of just took it one uh one step at a time and just, you know, win every week we can and go out there and put the best, uh, best thing on the field. And it just turned out here we are in Fort Worth getting ready to play for a pretty big bowl game against uh, Air Force. So, you know, it's nothing that really popped up on us and jumped us and took us by surprise. Cause we knew at the end of the season we'd be one of those teams competing for uh, something big.
1: How much have you been involved in breaking down game tape? I mean, I think when we talk about Air Force, a lot is said about their offense. You're not dealing with that, obviously, because you're taking a look at their defense, right? Yeah, yeah. Beat that one second. Yep. Uh, Just how much are you breaking down tape of Air Force and how you're kind of looking at what they do defensively? We talk so much about what they do offensively, which you're really not all that concerned with.
4: Oh, I've caught a... I haven't been uh, huge in the, the breakdown and uh, game planning side of it, but I've caught some tape, and uh, so I'm able to you know, give the tight end some cues on what might happen here and some certain situations and uh, how they might play some things and, and whatnot. So I haven't been huge in the, in the game planning and tape breakdown side because most of the time uh, we're in there lifting guys or something during uh, the coaches' meetings, but uh, I've got some, some idea of what they're going to do so I can uh, help the tight end get, uh, get ready for what they're going to see.
1: You've had a really interesting perspective of what's happened here at James Madison over the course of the last really five years since, since you've been playing. Can you kind of frame that a little bit about, you know, the way this James Madison program was so successful at the FCS level, built up to move to FBS and kind of a meteoric rise that really hasn't been done by teams before when they move from FCS to FBS and why you guys have been so successful to do it so quickly?
4: I think a lot of it's just, you know, we've always been held to a high standard by our our leadership and whoever that's the coaches, the administration, the players in the locker room, the senior leaders, but uh, it's mostly just, you know, the people we bring in. Like my class specifically, we had a bunch of guys, uh, and a few who are still on the team. We're just just, uh, natural leaders, and they kind of just helped push us in that direction, and you know, every class we brought in since then and every class we had before then are just guys who are just really good leaders and keep the team moving forward. And they really set the culture and set the example.
1: How did that kind of happen during the coaching change? How important was it for what you just spoke about <laughs> was for those veteran leaders to kind of keep everybody together. How, how, how was that when, when coach Signetti left? And then obviously many of the assistants that went with him.
4: Oh yeah, that was a, uh, that was huge. Definitely uh, having those guys step up and, uh, you know, making them take uh, take more responsibility on and, uh, no matter what it was and just take that leadership role. So that was a big thing that really helped us get through this and get to the point where we are. And right now,
1: the, uh, the other perspective obviously that you've had has been from the broadcast booth, uh, this season to call those games with Dave, uh, how did all that come about and, and, and how did you enjoy doing that this year? Oh
4: yeah. I love that. That was an awesome time. Dave's real fun to work with. He's great at his job. And, uh, it's kind of just one of those things like Alex Miller did it last year. Uh, and he was in the same position I am, GA with the strength staff and uh, helping out. So they knew I'd be around. So they're like, hey, like, why not get you in the booth on some, uh, some Saturdays? So I was like, all right, sure, why not? I'll take it. So I got up there, and uh, you know, I really enjoyed doing it. I was a little nervous at first, but I uh, think I found, uh, found a decent uh, little niche in there.
1: How different was it? I mean, obviously, different things are said and happen on the sideline than they do at a broadcast booth.
4: Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, it was kind of just like I was sitting on the couch watching the game with some buddies. <laughs> like, oh, like look at that, look what they were doing there, and just breaking it down. Uh, it's obviously a little bit cleaner language, but uh, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was definitely fun.
1: Dave's very appreciative of that of that part of it, Drew, for sure. Uh Drew Painter <laughs> from James Yeah, Drew Painter from James Madison joining us here. Preview of the Dukes and Air Force coming up in the Armed Forces Bowl this weekend. So you mentioned you were doing strength and conditioning uh work uh, anyway. Is is coaching something that that is in your mind at this point?
4: Yeah, definitely something I want to do. Like my dad was a coach and still is, uh, at the high school level he coached a little bit in college and uh It's just something that i've always been around especially specifically football but uh you know that's definitely something i want to look forward uh and look into doing moving forward
1: is that something you'd want to do at the college level you mentioned your dad at the high school level is is there a path that you know maybe you would uh, and maybe this helps you here doing this you know for the short period of time you're doing it this week
4: yeah who knows i mean just gonna go wherever it takes me but i i think i'd love to do it in the college level especially being around it knowing uh kind of what it takes so uh, definitely
1: all right so let's wrap up with you drew and and i'll ask you the question that probably you or dave asks uh coaches every week and that's kind of the keys to james madison being successful on saturday afternoon against air force
4: Well, i think when you play a team like air force uh you know it's just number one thing being disciplined uh you know defensively because uh, they do a lot of things on offense with triple option. they got a lot of ways they can beat you, so just being disciplined there. And then, you know, offensively, it's taking advantage of those third downs, those critical plays in critical areas, and, you know, keeping the offense on the field, extending those drives, and just being efficient every player out there.
1: Hey, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, somebody had to replace you, right, in the, uh, in the broadcast booth. Cause where are you going to yep. be on Saturday? Are you on the field or are you in the coach's booth? Where, where will you be?
4: Uh, I imagine I'll be on the field
1: which will be a great experience for you, obviously, which means, as I was saying, obviously someone's going to have to replace you in the booth, and one of your all-time great players is going to do that in DeMonte mm-hmm. Tucker Dorsey. Have you, are you giving him any kind of tips on what to do in the broadcast booth?
4: Oh, no, Tuck's a, Tuck's a natural. He'll be great at it, you know. <laughs> he's uh, he, was the, he was the voice of our defense uh, a couple of years back, so he definitely knows what he's doing up there, and he'll be able to get some great insight.
1: All right. Well, have a lot of fun with it, Drew, uh, down there on the sideline. And I do hope it is the start of of your coaching career, if that's the path that you want to take. And we really appreciate the time this afternoon down there in Fort Worth. I assume you guys are having some fun down there, too, right? They'll they'll give you the full bowl experience, I imagine, right? Oh, yeah,
4: definitely. There's a lot of fun stuff to do around here. And, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be a a good trip to this point. Hopefully it stays that way.
1: All the way through Saturday and get that W against Air Force. Drew, thanks so much for the time this afternoon. Happy holidays and good luck Saturday. Hope we catch up with you soon. Yep,
4: happy holidays. Appreciate you having me.
1: Thank you. Drew Painter from James Madison Football. Man, he's doing a little bit of everything, right? Going from playing last year and then uh, working with the strength and conditioning group all year long with their football players and then in the broadcast booth working with Dave Riggert doing the uh, analysis on the radio broadcast. And now back down on the field, I figured that's what he was doing, was working with the tight ends and still doing the strength and conditioning stuff. And he'll have an opportunity to be on the sidelines Saturday uh, that'll be a great experience for him. And probably probably Dave's going to be looking for a new analyst next year, I would guess. I would think this is probably the start of some type of coaching career for Drew Painter as well. And as we said, he just finished up uh, really a, a great career, five-year career at James Madison. And really solid last year in their first year at FBS was basically the starting tight end for them. And um, you know, really solid career when he was there when they were at the FCS level as well so kind of a unique story to keep an eye on with the jmU Dukes. there are plenty of those. I actually was looking at James Madison's notes game notes for this one, and they've had to do just a whole section on who's actually coaching jmU and all these guys that they they brought in primarily because they have experience against the triple offense the triple option offense. Of Air Force, so it's really kind of uh, really kind of a unique experience for them. And I know there are some other teams that are going through this as well. Obviously, there have been head coaching changes across the country, but I think this one's particularly unique because of the opponent because of preparing for a team like air force. So, keep an eye on that, but I was rolling through it and they have brought in all sorts of people to help them on both sides of the ball, actually on both offense and defense, and obviously Bob Chesney has a little bit to do with this as well as their new head coach and some of these guys are probably just for the bowl game, but but many others are probably, you know, there for the duration. They're going to be they're going to be hired as assistant coaches on coach Chesney's staff moving forward after the bowl game and when they get into the 2024 season. Uh, break time for us. Reggie, hang on. We'll get to you on the other side. You know how this works. You're one of our loyal listeners, callers, and supporters. You know we got to pay the bills first and foremost. We'll do that. And then Reggie joins us with our pre-holiday edition and final 2023 edition of the Sports Huddle. Thanks for locking in with us on 106.1 ESPN.
0: Just head to our website and to our This Week on 106.1 ESPN Richmond page for a preview of what's to come on 106.1 ESPN.
1: hour of the sports huddle on a wednesday afternoon thanks again to drew painter live down there with jm that was even a little refreshing for us a little behind the scenes kind of inside radio for the most part this year uh and the jmu folks have been great they have given us tremendous access access uh to to coach signetti and players and now coach chesney throughout the course of the year but for the most part we have recorded All of those, and we've let you know that. There was nothing to disguise or hide when it came to that. They played the same day, but they practiced in the afternoon. So from 3 o'clock on, they've been tied up with meetings and film study and getting out on the practice field, training room, all of that. Um, so we've taped those interviews well down there at Fort Worth you kind of go off of the bowl game schedule and JMU's practice was earlier in the day and I know Matt had the opportunity to talk with a couple of JMU players uh, today and they actually were able to do it after practice and even before he got on the air so he had two interviews as we say in the can one that played today and one that'll play tomorrow but Drew was available because they were done their work on the field today so we were able to do that one live Um, so that was pretty cool and Matt will continue to preview that one and a little bit on virginia tech as well and then uh liberty is still a little ways off on january 1 and of course uh, we have no local shows next week between christmas and new year's at least matt and i don't in the afternoon um so we'll be able to recap those games when we get back in 2024 so again thanks to drew painter for joining us um this afternoon the other thing about this time of year that i really like is there are some some games being played literally as we speak Uh, most of this is college basketball there's no bowl game today actually in college football there we had the one last night um uh, but there is no game today um so there is some college basketball today. Uh, Longwood uh, being upset this afternoon. North Carolina Central leading Longwood 67-60 with 2.45 to go in that game. Longwood's only had one loss this year. They're 12-1. and one. That is probably a pretty good intro to Reggie this afternoon with NC Central. Mm-hmm. Reggie about to upset <laughs> Longwood up seven late in the second half. How are you, my friend? Put some respect on my HBCU. Put yeah, some there you go. There you go. <laughs>
2: That's my late father's school. He's a eagle, true and true. But, Bob, I want to say on a person, uh, I really want to thank the powers of being, the reporters there, and all the radio people. Thank you so much for uh, looking out for local sports. Um some reason, corporate America does not want to look out for local sports, be it on TV or on the radio. So I want to commend the powers to be yourself, big out, Matt, and also the coach um, on the station. So it really means a lot to a lot well, thank of people uh, who follow we, local sports. We, we really love doing it, and we
1: want to keep the local sports talk going. So, and you know how I feel about that and the lack of sport, local sports coverage on the two TV stations.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, One of the stations, I'm not going to mention names. They're trying to do a little slick sports, but no, no, no. You're nah, not doing it nah, right. Nah. I don't even want to say it. Can't compete but, uh, with UVA Lane and
1: Sean, them- they can't compete with those guys. Come on now.
2: No question. But UVA <laughs> got them huggies pulled down yesterday by Coach Penny. I yeah. hear people say so surprised about Memphis State. And, look, they got a young man from Kansas. They're waiting to transfer in, they're supposed to really uplift the program.
1: Yeah, they're going to be good. So, Memphis is going to be good, no doubt. They already are good. They're they're going to get even better, I think, this year. They got a shot. Yeah,
2: but Bob, real quick, the football program at Richmond this year. Since you were so close to it in the beginning, I know it hit some bumps, but overall, what are your thoughts about the Richmond program football this year?
1: Well, I love talking about that, and I will, Reggie. The music's playing in the background, so I want to make sure I wish you a happy holidays. Thank you for your loyal support you too, all friend. year, and we'll do it more in 2024. Don't touch the dial, because I'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. I'll answer your question, and we also have head coach Russ Husman coming on right after the ESPN Sports Center update to talk about signing day today for Richmond and the 16 players that they signed so coach useman coming up right after the sports center update and then i will more directly answer reggie's question about spider football when we get to the five o'clock hour of the sports huddle which is straight ahead after the espn sports center update right here on your home of local sports talk 1061 espn for some it's the luxury
3: that can-